Welcome to the BYU Animation Podcast. My name is Michael Mersh, and I'm here with, with Armin Serrano, one of the art directors at Sony Pictures Animation. Armin's film credits include um, visual development and environmental design for Surf's Up, Open Season 2, and the recently released Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, among many others. His work's phenomenal. Um, you can see it at www.armandserrano.com. And we're so happy to have him on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Armin. Hey, welcome. Thank you so much for having me over. Thanks. Um, just for any new listeners that we have, um, this podcast exists to help students at BYU majoring in computer science, animation, and visual arts just sort of find out more about the animation industry, you know, how it works, and then how to like make that leap from college into being an industry professional, whatever their profession might be. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's special in the visual arts, so we'll be talking about that today. Okay. But, um, yeah, so on your website, you apparently started as an in-betweener in the Philippines. Um, yes, I did. Yeah, could you talk a little bit about that, like how you got started? It also said you had a degree in civil engineering before that. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of all over the place. Sure. Um, well, uh, I would say I've been in the industry 20 years, and prior to that, I never intended actually to go into animation. Um, my, I mean, having in the family like an architect, my two brothers were architects, so it's it's like a natural thing for me to go in the same field. So I chose civil engineering. But towards the end of my um, uh, time in college, um, a friend of my wife, we were dating then, a friend of my wife introduced me to uh, a guy who works at Field Cartoons, which was a Hanna-Barbera studio uh, back in Manila. So I kind of got interested. So as soon as I graduated from college, uh, you know, you're fresh off from college trying to find a job. I, you know, just for fun, I applied. Although I had a passion for drawing, I've been drawing, you know, all my, all my life. Um, so I applied. And I never heard from them, like, I think, I think it was six months still uh, after I applied. And so during that wow. time, I tried to work in civil, civil engineering uh, jobs and construction and everything. Then, then after six months, uh, I got hired. They trained me. At that time, we didn't have any animation program in schools back in Manila. So they, they right. trained us for six months. And the training always geared towards in-between and animation. So for, for 10, I would say 10 months to a year, uh, I was doing uh, in-betweening and uh, cleanup. Um, then eventually I found out uh, what layout was. You know? So I moved to layout department and, and worked uh, for Hanna-Barbera for like three years. I worked in you know, <laughs> old Hanna-Barbera TVCs yeah. like uh, Yogi Bear, um, yeah. Johnny Quest. Those are the, my favorite ones. Um, Adam's Family, Captain Planet, and the Planeteers. Those, those are the fun TV shows oh, yeah. that I work on. Yeah. And after that, I mean, I I moved to another studio. Um, it's an independent studio working on Marvel um, TV series too. Um, it's called Philippine Animation Studio. Uh, they they gave me an opportunity to supervise layout. So. I supervised layout for um, like the X Men, like I don't know, like 40 episodes of X Men. Um, oh yeah, for, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the 1994, 95 series. Oh, for um, sure. I believe yeah. the DVDs just came out a, a few months ago. Um, 
first season of Fantastic Four, um, X Men, Biker oh, Life on Mars. Yeah, so it was fun. I mean, that was the time that. Take me back to my childhood. But yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I mean, I, I love you know Marvel comics, and the the fun part of that was you know working for uh, Hanna Barbera. Everything's very cartoony. Everything stylized, and going to Marvel. I have to go back to uh, like last drawing classes, you know, having no mm-hmm. artistic education. I didn't go to an art school or anything. Um, I have to attend some last drawing classes, you know, to supervise layout. Um, yeah. They didn't know that I'm having a tough time drawing anatomy, so I have to go to some uh, last drawing classes, you know, try to do my homework and uh, you know to, to get the job done and. Yeah, so I, I did that for three years. Then 1996, I moved here in the States um, and worked for a video game company for a year. Um, it's in Glendale. It, it's um, <clears throat> it's called Seventh Level, and I did backgrounds for them as usual. And uh, then I got hired at Disney in Florida for Mulan. And, um, yeah, so after that, I, I moved. I moved now. Right? Uh, what's that? You've been doing layout the whole time. After yeah, yeah, I've been doing layout the whole time. Yeah, I've been doing um, cool. BG and animation layouts. So um, you mentioned that, but I took some training also. I took some classes when I was in Burbank. I lived in Burbank for the, uh, ten months before I moved okay. to Florida. So while there, I took some classes as, at Associates in Art, um, mm-hmm. and. That's how I got into have some Disney connections in there. That I found out how to build a portfolio geared towards Disney or DreamWorks. Um, so I just applied, and you know, fortunately I, I got hired. But they have to put me on the Florida crew. Uh, that's the only opening they got for Disney, so I grabbed it and and moved to Florida and lived there for eight years. Great. Okay. So what have been, you mentioned that the, learning the art, I mean, obviously you didn't go to art school, so learning to, to draw, you know, figuratively and other, you know, things that other people might learn in art school was a challenge. What were some other major struggles and challenges that you've had, like, along the way? Um, has it mostly been that, or has it, has, I mean, just keeping, uh, uh, has finding work sort of, has it come, sort of come to you, or just what were the major struggles, I guess, um, in your career, do you, do you feel? That you've had to well, overcome. Fortunately, I mean, I never had um, struggles at that time. I wouldn't say it was that much difficult as now. As I can see the younger guys, you know, there's so much saturation of, you know, of art in the industry, uh, and there's a lot of people who wants to be in the business. At that time, uh, I think, uh, at least in that side of the world, in Manila, where there's only a few people who know that animation exists during the time. So there's only a few of us who were able to get into the industry. I think it's just about the timing, you know, we're probably meant to be there. But I yeah. guess um, the hardest part or adjust, adjustment for me, because I never had that education um, background in animation, I had to learn things on my own, although I got the training from Hanna-Barbera, but it, it it was geared towards the shows. Uh, I had to learn things on my own. And plus, I think, you know, the, the years of personal experience that I had, I've been drawing a lot. I mean, even though I'm, you know, taking up different, you know, uh, career uh, or education, like engineering, I st- I'm still on the side, I've been drawing a lot too. So 
and I love comic books, and I've been trying to draw some comics when I was a kid. I think that helped me out also in doing layout in terms of composition, in terms of storytelling, in, in, in terms yeah. of so everything probably was done on a personal basis. But yeah, you know, <clears throat> as soon as I got here, I just need, I know that I lack that kind of formal training. So I have to take some classes, and, but I cannot afford to go to university anymore. At the time, I started, I was just starting my family. So I have to take something that's more intensive and associate in art in Sherman Oaks. That was the schools being run by people in the industry. Uh, it's more like a union school, you know, all the professors, uh, instructors, they actually work for Disney, DreamWorks. So they're actually doing what they're teaching at the moment. So it's easy for me to get in there and see, okay, how do you do it in, let's say, Disney or DreamWorks? Then they would show it on the board and they would show how, how they do layouts at DreamWorks or G, uh, Disney. So from that, I see, I see it more practical. I just grasp as much as I could and say, oh, okay, so if that's how you do it, that's how I'm going to you know, do my portfolio. And um, yeah, unfortunately, that school doesn't exist anymore, but it was, it was really a fun school to be in. You, know, you just take a, a class during summer, like a 13-week class, and you, know, you get everything you need to, to build a portfolio that uh, that's acceptable to uh, to the studios. Wow, that's amazing. That's great. Yeah. So, um, uh, Marcelo Vignali in an interview recently with Bobby Chu mentioned like yeah. some of the things that he felt were most important um, for uh, uh, a designer, um, whether it's layout or character or whatever. And he said that drawing is definitely the most important skill. And then after that is probably just getting along with your coworkers. He's like, it's 50% actually just doing your job, you know, and then 50%, you know, getting along with people. But right. mainly for him, he, he, I think he mentioned that drawing skills is by far the most important. Would you agree to these? Like those are the two main things. And if it is, how would you recommend, like, students or, or new professionals go about, you know, acquiring their drawing skills? Um, figure, figure drawing is obviously one a well-accepted way, and I think Marcelo also mentioned sketchbooking and being in a sketch club. Um, right. So yeah, would you have any, what what would be your advice for acquiring those kinds of skills and any any other skills you feel would be really valuable to a designer of any kind? Well, Marcelo, uh, I, I actually I was talking to Marcelo before our interview. Um, uh, he he um, he's a really good friend of mine, and man, Marcella is is a machine. I mean, he always has a sketchbook around, whether he's in the bathroom, where, wherever he is, he has a sketchbook around. So don't tell him that. Wow. I, I, I mean, he. Uh, I mean, it's different because he he's one of those artists that uh, he can do both, and he, he excels in both a character design and background design. For me. Um, I specialize more on locations design and mainly the principal locations like an overall view of what the location would be for a story. And okay. to answer the first question, what would be the elements that would be more, most important? I would say, yeah, drawing. I mean, you got to have the drawing skill and you have to keep honing your talent. You know, it's, it's like a, uh, a knife. You have to keep sharpening it. You know, you, you can settle for for that that's good enough. I mean you have to make the best and do not be I would say do not be um complacent 
that when you reach a certain level, you would stop there. I would still look at other artworks. I would dig up artworks from, you know, gamers, from people in, in the industry, in animation, or painters, or anything. Anything that I could learn. I mean, I would look at their works, and not to copy it, but to, to look at some stuff that I might have missed along the way, you know, through the years that I've been right. looking at art. There's still some stuff that I would look back, and with a more matured eye, you look at a certain artwork and say, oh, I missed this when I was a kid. Maybe I should acquire this and use it, you know, for for what I do. And <clears throat> I think that's the best thing for, for in, in terms of when you talk about drawing, that would be the best thing that you should keep in mind is do not think that you reach, you know, the peak of your ability. Try to improve it, you know. As long as you can draw, you'd be able to improve it. You can, you know, improve your style, the way you think. I think that's the most right. important thing is the how you perceive things and how to put them on paper or, you know, on a computer. Um, that's the first thing I would agree with, with Marcelo on that, the skills. When he said about, um, you know, your attitude toward your co-workers, I would, I would totally agree with that too. Um, you know, you could be the best artist in the whole world, but if you cannot get along with the people that you have to be working with, I mean, it's it's all about the job being done. You know, if you cannot finish a job with other people you work with, you cannot survive in the industry because animation would always be a team effort, you know. Um, it's always a group. You would always be working with a group of people who have different tastes, who have different likes and dislikes, who have different styles, who have different upbringing. They have different disciplines of art that they, they grew up with. So there's a lot of compromising that you have to to uh, to do in terms of, in terms to get the job done. So yeah, I mean you have to learn your people skills and how to be friends with people, how to work with them, how to agree and disagree, how to compromise and how to adjust your style too. I mean that's the motto that I've been living up. Um, you know, in terms of my drawing skills, I have to be very very flexible. You know, I cannot just be yeah. married to my artwork. I have to be, I have to accept also other people's work. And if I have to adjust my style, I have to, you know, in order, it's for the good of the job. It's, it's for the good of the project that you're working on. Right. So, yeah, I would agree on him and that. Um, how, if I may add, um, in terms of background design, since that's what I specialize in. Right, right. Um, I would, you know what? Um, I would watch a lot of movies. I would watch a lot of. Um, you know, it's so funny. I mean, on the side note, uh, I'm in animation, but I don't watch animation that much as much as the other people do. Uh, I watch live action movies. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's. I grew up watching a lot of movies, and not mainly animation, but you know, like epic movies, like in the past, like El Cid or you know those mm -hmm. old epic movies, and those are the ones that affected me through the years. And I would say I would I would want watch movies in a more how would you say say that sometimes I would turn the volume off and just look at the visuals in the movie, or I would look at the movie and see the, the structure of the story because all the things that I would put on my artwork. It's not just the design, but it's how it was 
thought of. Um, I don't know if I'm making sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. How? What? What was the thinking behind it? I mean, this. Right. In every design that I have to, I have to do. There, there's a bunch of thinking. There's a, um, there's a big amount of time spent on the thinking part. Yeah, it's it's like a space shuttle, you know. When when it lifts off, um, the lift the lift up part is like ninety percent of the effort. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, just just how to lift it off, and once it goes into space, it has its own momentum already, and you know it's just the ten percent of the energy. But most of the energy was spent on the lift off, and same thing on an artwork. It's so easy to render an artwork. It's so easy to design it. Well, not really design, but it's so easy to to draw it if you have the right skill. But I think 90% should be spent on the thinking part. You know, what is it? Is it supporting the story? Is it? It would enhance the story. Are you adding a little bit of your own to the story? Uh, would it support the next scene? Is it supporting the last, the previous scene? Um, would it add flavor to the overall story? Or if something would 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 raise more questions than answers, I think. That particular artwork would be, you know, not as effective. So anyway, so I think it's it's just, you know, I think it's just a maturity in time when when you watch a lot of movies and you think about those things, storytelling, uh, design, uh, those things have to all be made and 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 be shown to an artwork. I don't know if I'm making. I think I'm rambling here now, <laughs> Mike. No, but, no, that's um, fantastic. Actually, I've got a question about that um, as soon as you... Yeah, um, because a lot of... I mean, right right now, I mean, uh, if I look at blogs, and, and you're a blogger too, and I look yeah. at there's thousands and thousands of blogs and a lot of fantastic artworks all over the place. By the way, um, uh, your school, your your university, I respect it a lot. Um, probably is one of the best universities in this in, in the West Coast that's producing great, great, fantastic artists. I mean the Marcel and I we have a term the Utah guys, <laughs> you know. Uh, when we look at artworks and they came from Utah. Those are, you guys are fantastic, phenomenal artworks that we've seen on the blogs and you may never know it but we look at your artworks as well and, and learn from them, you know, what are these guys have that we haven't tried before, so maybe we can acquire them and, and use it in our own, you know, artworks. So. Oh, well, thank you. I don't think that we feel that way about ourselves, but it's nice to know that um, that the artwork's getting looked at. Um, about the movie watching, uh, there's actually a question I want or we wanted to ask you about in, in an interview with Randall Fly of the Character Design Blog. Uh, you said, uh, and I quote, I try to be very selective in artworks that I look at and appreciate. That goes as well yeah. with movies that I watch. It pays to be careful what we feed our creative mind. Could you just expound on that idea, like what you meant necessarily about yeah. that, what we should <clears throat> It's like food. What, what you take in is what comes out. I mean, what you are, <laughs> you are what you eat in some ways. Um, I think it's uh, in, in time... Okay, let me look back. Yeah, well, <clears throat> over the years, um, let's say when you're a kid and you look at you know comic books. I mean, you grasp as much comic oh, book that you yeah. that you you know you can read and appreciate. Then you see a better artist. Oh wow, look at this! You know, so for me, once you see a better one, I'm not 
I wouldn't want to look at the other ones, the lesser ones, in terms of skill. I mean, I like this one better than the older ones. And once, I mean, once I mature, I mean, in terms of storytelling, uh, movies that I watch, a comic book that I look at, or artworks that I look online, uh, books that I buy, I try to be more selective now. It, it doesn't mean that I like that one before, and I would still like it now. Um, right. Same thing with movies. So there's some movies that, oh, I really liked that movie a long time ago, but when I watch it now, oh, okay. So I didn't realize it's not as good as you know I thought it was. Um, so so it means that I'm putting my, my standard a little bit higher than before. So I'm trying to be careful because um, when I look at artworks, Oh, well, let me go back again. Okay, when I look at artworks, I mean, I try to mimic some of those. I try to learn in every artwork that I look right. at. Um, if I watch movies that's not artistically inspiring anymore for me, um, it's almost like I have a filter in my mind, in my eye. Okay, I watch this movie just for the entertainment purposes. But right. when I watch another movie that, oh, I want to acquire some thinking how this movie was thought of, I mean, how the guy uh, did his storytelling in this movie, or how they designed the shot, or how they did this, or this one I could acquire. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to be picky now, you know, in terms of what I want to acquire in a movie. As opposed to before, I just want to have a job, I just want to get into the movie, <laughs> and I would copy as much as I could. I uh, would copy right. their composition, and I learned from that. I mean, I would copy compositions right. from movies. Oh, this is a nice composition, and I would yeah. uh, you reuse that, put different elements on it, and it, it would work. But through time, once you, it becomes second, you know, it, it becomes your instinct in how to do that. You know, you up your standards. Okay, I want to have more. I want to uh, beyond what what's just the normal or what is expected from a good composition, a good movie, a good shot, or a good storytelling. I want something more. Um, push it further, yeah. So, what's that? I just was saying, like, you push it further than... than yeah, they tried to push it in a, in a, as far as she could, and still, it, that would still work. I mean, there's some people who would still push, you know, the design or the storytelling too much that it doesn't make any sense to. So, I don't know. I mean, I think I think when you say... Trying to be selective, I think that says it all. You know, you just have to be a bit picky in, in what you, what you put in, or what you acquire, or what you eat. You know, or what you try to mimic. Um, I mean, I'm not getting any younger. I don't have as much time as you guys have, but I can explore still and try to find that. You know, <laughs> or I can try everything. I mean, I think I'm in that uh, stage now that. Okay, I tried those things before, and I didn't really like it. Now I don't want to try it again. You know, I tried to find something new, and um, some things work for me, something doesn't. So I I filtered those out already. Um, so I think I'm a little bit more picky now um, in terms of something that I wanna uh, I wanna do. Great. I don't know if that answers the question or me. No, I'm ramble or just get away from the place. So. No, it's fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, and yeah, kind of, I, I think it's the same of, thing with my, with my faith. I mean, what I, what I, you know, try to bring in, um, um, and try to be very, very careful with that. You know. Great. Um, we also have a question here about, uh, like a couple of years ago, Barry Weiss, one of the senior VPs at Sony, 
uh, image from yeah, James and spoke to us about being a faith-based individual. Mm -hmm. A lot of, um, I mean, Brigham Young University is a, a private school um, mm -hmm. of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and so a lot of us yeah. are interested in religion and, and how, how it is incorporated in, in people's um, professional lives or, or, or whatever. And Barry White, I think, was a de devout Orthodox Jew. Um, could you yeah. just talk a little bit about your faith, you know, um, and its impact on your career and or your artwork? Oh sure, yeah. Um, yeah, for the record, I'm I'm a born again uh, Christian. Um, okay. I've been, and I would say, a practicing Christian, um, a very devout Christian um, for years. Um, it's I would say it's uh, there's some difficult times um, living out your faith in, in the marketplace. At the same time, it makes easier for me as an individual because I know what I want. I know what is right, at least in, in my point of view. And um, the benefits with that, um, let me think it a little bit. <clears throat> I think the most important thing that, at least for me as a Christian, is to be flexible but without compromise. You know, you cannot have a perfect world. You cannot have a perfect uh, job or a perfect studio. I think in any field that you go to, um, you cannot expect, you know, anything from them. I mean, your your um, your faith also would tell you that. I mean, this is an, in an imperfect world, so you have to live oh, in right. there. And not all people would share the same values. Uh, and, and standards that you have, so you just have to. But you have to learn how to be friends with them. You have to learn how to work with them, and you have to learn how to to um, deal um, with their lives too, and accept people for who they are. And I think respect is a big part of that. Um, right, in of terms of my work, I believe being Christian, um, it's a win. <laughs> You know, if you live out your faith in the true context of the word, I think it's a win-win situation. You know, um, I think we share the same values in terms of that. Uh, you know, let's say in terms of my work, I have to be the best person as I could be because my faith tells me and teaches me to, you know, if I serve a master, I have to be the best, you know, server, I have to be the best employee as I could be. And that's, not because of my faith, but because that's what expected of me. You know, that's the value that I that I uh, learned from from my faith, from my belief. So, in a way, how could you know a company that I work for argue with that? Well, of course, they want you to be the best artist, you know, that I could be. And if I live out to that standard, uh, for me, it's it's a win-win, you know situation, um, if they give me a boring shot, I would make it the most beautiful boring shot I could find. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't yeah. settle. I mean, my that's one thing that I value and I would, you know, praise God for, my, that my faith has already uh, um, disciplined me to, to give always my best. Like what I said earlier, you know, I would never, never, ever settle for anything you know, less than my best. You know, if I see a shot, if I design a shot, and you know, I felt like, okay, that's good enough. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop. I, I cannot settle for that. I still have to push it a little bit more. 
as long as I know that I still have the time to do it and as long as I know that I can still push it to the next level, I would do that, you know. So it's, again, I mean, if you look at it in a practical view, I mean, it's good for me. I'm satisfied with my work. At the same time, my the company, whatever company I work for, I mean, they're satisfied with my work. And they, they, you know, and because of that, if you do your best, and they know because of your faith, you're doing your best. Uh, they would respect you for it. They would respect your faith for it. They would be more open for your faith. Then, uh, I mean, they would, um, they would, I mean, there are moments that they would even open up. You know, it's easy for me to share my faith to, to my friends at work and my coworkers because of that respect that they have for, for my faith. Um, so I think that separates, you know, practicing. Uh, if somebody practices, you know, uh, like my, at least for me, my Christianity, my faith in the workplace, um, I think it's a benefit for myself and for the company that I work for. You know, of course, there's some oppositions to it, but one thing I learned, oppositions would die down as long as you show that you're the best employee that you could be, and, be, and that's the result of your faith. What I mean, nobody can argue. Nobody can argue with that, you know. Or, or you know, when I profess I'm a Christian, then then they see that you know my work is the best that they could find. Um, this how how can you argue with a person, you know, with that? So anyway, I don't know if that answers the question. But no, thank you. We, yeah, in we everyday life, I mean, as long as you live out your faith, yeah, it's. Um, it's, and also, I mean, difficulties, I mean, I think with any other people, I mean, there's some difficulties. That's, I think that's more on the personal side that you have to pray for your job, you pray for your, I mean, I pray for my work. Uh, every time I come into work, every morning, um, uh, you know, as much as I would remember, I would pray for them, pray for the project that, that I'm working on. Um, wow, that's you know, awesome. that, you know, God would give me the grace to, to bring out the best that, or, or whatever artwork that he wants me to bring out for that particular shot or for the project or, you know, hey, Lord, what color do you want me to put in this? I'm struggling. <laughs> and most often than that, I mean, I would struggle and, you know, um, you know, prayer would make a lot of wonders and, you know, um, and, and I'm open about it. I mean, a lot of people here at work know that I'm a Christian. Marcelo's a Christian too. Uh, we share the same faith. Uh, we pray for the projects that we work on together, um, you know, and and, and and we mingle with a lot of people with different faith too, or different values, or or no faith people with no faith at all, and we, we're friends with them, and um, we try to be as friendly as we could, try to build relationships with them as a person, not just an artist, not just in a professional way, but also in a personal way, and God. You know, I believe that put put us here um, for a purpose. You know, why here? So maybe there is a purpose for us to be in this field, to be in this position, and to make a difference. You know, to the people around us. Um, you know, so to be friends with them and hopefully, you know, um, share the gospel through our action. At the same time, I mean, it's, there's opportunity yeah. through words too. But I think it's more of the actions. Because people are watching us. I mean, when you when you profess to be a faith-based individual, people would start watching you. So <clears throat> I think it's um, 
it's a good thing because it gives you an opportunity. Uh, once you're open about your faith, it gives you an opportunity to to be a witness and a good testimony to other people too. And I think that's the main meaning of you know um, sharing the gospel to them. You know, sharing sharing the love of God to them is through your words, uh, through your work, how you conduct your lives among other people, how you how you you know the the value of your work, the quality of your work that you produce uh, for the studio, how you how you relate to your company, how you represent your company. If you're, you know, you rep- I mean, if you let's say for me, I work for Sony Pictures. I mean, I would I should be the best representation of the company to other people or outside the company. You know, so um, again, like I said, I go back. I mean, it, if you leave out your faith in the true sense of the word, it's a win-win situation for you and for the company you work for, and nobody can argue with that. Great, thank you. That's very inspirational. Um, we just we're about out of time, but we have one more quick question for you. Um, sure. So, like, and you kind of mentioned this in your last answer a little bit. You know, just the, that people are constantly watching or whatever. But not necessarily speaking about the faith anymore, but just anything in general, because um, mm-hmm. uh, we believe in like changing the world for the better in any way that we can, right? Um, and right. everybody pretty much does. But if you could change something about the animation industry, you know, for the better, specifically like feature animation or anything, um, what would you change and and why? Like, is there something that you could see as a um, that could be improved, perhaps, in the industry? Okay, um, that's actually a good question. I never thought about that. <laughs> you didn't give me a <laughs> a warning on this oh, one. Uh, I was just kidding. Um, you know, I think it's just the values. I mean, nowadays, I mean, it's, um, I mean, whatever you, you, I mean, whether it's feature animation, I think it's more controlled than feature animation. But, I mean, animation in general, especially on TV, is what you see on TV. I have, I have three kids. I have a, um, two grown-ups. I have two teenagers, and and one still five-year-old. And through the years, I mean, they watch TV a lot. I mean, not much in the movies, but on the TV, and in animations, you know. They would watch cartoons pretty much like four hours a day, you know, and, and uh, oh, wow. what they see, what words they see, uh, they hear, what words they hear on uh, on these TV shows and these animated shows, um, they acquire those. And I think if I could change, if I would have an effect on uh, on the industry, I think that's one thing I would like to have an effect on is to put back some of the, the values um, in these um, uh, TV shows, cartoons, you know, that we watch on TV, whether it's Cartoon Network or Nickelodeon or Disney or whatever. I mean, these are the shows that people look at. And I remember during our days, of, of it's my days, you know, not yours, but my day, yeah. like, I mean, I was watching Tom and Jerry or, um, you know, Hannah. I watched Tom and Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing much offensive to those things. Everything is just about fun and fantasy and you know, what you want to be when you grow up or... You know, fascination of kids, but now I mean, they they would include you know, include you know some crude humor or crude language to it, and uh, I I would give you an example. I don't know, if, you know, we still have time, but when I was working um, for Marvel before, I was supervising layout, and and uh, one of the animators, FX uh, animators that we had, I mean, he had this brilliant idea to put like a subliminal thing on his 
on on one of his effects job. I think it's a dust, you know, and it's one of those things they would put some, you know, um, offensive word in there that you know that would only be seen on the screen probably like two second frame. And and I learned about it because I know the guy, so he was kind of bragging it to me, and so I told him, you know. Maybe you should not be doing that because I believe in the power of the subliminal in terms of movie making. You know, the things that you put in there, uh, sometimes we don't see it with our eyes, but the brain picks those things up and acquire those things like in movies or whatever media that we belong to, that we watch, that we acquire, and the brain sucks everything up. So I told him, I mean, you're just doing it for fun, because but kids who are watching it, they can, their brains could actually, you know, pick those things up, and he wouldn't budge. I have so what would I do? Should I just stand there or just let it go? So and I pulled some strings. I have a position at that time, so I, I contacted this director and used my position to, hey, you want a few guys doing this? And and you know, and he took it out. I mean, they have to, they have no choice but to to take it down. So, I mean, things like that. If I could influence more and as much as I could, you know, to try to, you cannot clean up everything, but at least, you know, the dirt around me, if I could clean those things up and, you know, make a difference in in, um, in the, the circle, immediate circle that I belong to, I would, you know, so I would say it's just the values, the moral values that we see on TV. Okay. Um, I would, I want, I would want to change that. Great. Thanks. Um, so thank you so much for the interview. Uh, we greatly oh, appreciate it. And um, like I said, we'll be sharing this um, if we figure it out via the iTunes store, and then definitely via our blog. So and we'll send you a link to that. But right. um, did you have any closing advice that you wanted to give some students or or people that might be going into layout or environment design that maybe you know you didn't cover earlier or anything like that? Oh yeah. Um, <clears throat> You know, just number one, like what Marcelo uh, would echo his words. You know, keep drawing and drawing and keep drawing. You know, it's a it's a whole life of sharpening your skills. Um, number two is you know be a people person. You have to relate more to other people. How to respect other people. How to be flexible uh, in terms of your style. How to be flexible in terms of dealing with people. Um, to be respectful, be more respectful, be more acceptance of accepting of other people, um, what they think, what they do, um, their action, their skills, their talents. Um, be, you know, I think be more patient with yourself. You know, with oneself. I mean, you know, it takes time to to hone talent. Uh, some people have it fast. Some people have it slow. Um, but again, it takes patience for a person, for an artist to do that. And be very, very observant. Um, I think that's one of the things that I missed saying earlier. Whatever you do or whatever you look at or whatever you uh, watch, um, be very, very observant. Look at those things, those small things that you can find and uh, acquire and use it on your own. Uh, for your own skills, for your drawing, or whatever it is. Maybe it's an element, maybe it's a color, maybe it's um, a detail. Um, yeah, um, just learn how to to filter those things and, and acquire uh, and learn from, you know, things that you look at. 
Um, so, yeah, I think it's observation. It's a lifetime of observation, observing how things work, observing how, you know, light works or how colors <laughs> work. <laughs> I don't know. Just yeah. I think that's the term that I always use for, for pretty much everything, you know, from being observant. Great. Well, thank you so much again. Um, and we look forward to seeing your new work. Um, Cloudy was amazing and uh, just a phenomenal you. film. So and so is surfed up and open seasons. The uh, uh, so anyway, thank you so much for the interview, and we look forward to following you on your blog and um, and sharing this interview with the world. So yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks also for the opportunity.